0: Hey everyone, today's episode is all about self-care. I am your host, Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. Now, before you put in your opinions or thoughts about what self-care is, I think everyone should listen to this episode. Whether you are a mom, a woman in the workplace, or a professional, there are so many key aspects of self-care that I am going to talk about today, so stay tuned in. You are listening to I'm Not Your Shrink, a podcast about changing the dialogue in your life. Each week, it is my goal to bring you everyday issues that people face with the intention of helping you to feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live your life. Now, before we get started, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. I am blown away by how many of you have written to me, left me reviews and comments, or shared this podcast. Thank you so much. And if you haven't shared with me, please reach out. I read all of these comments and remarks, and it is something that I so enjoy, and that is being able to connect with you. This is the part that truly fills me up. If you want, head over to my website, drtracyd.com and click on podcast to leave me a message or head over to my Instagram account at dr.tracydalgleish and you can click on the link in my profile there and then leave me a review on iTunes. Today I'm talking about something that women, mothers, parents, and individuals in general really struggle with and can relate to this topic. It's also a topic that oftentimes we don't really like when the word is said, or when I talk about it with my clients, I can, I can see their reaction and it becomes a bit of a hot topic. So I am talking about self-care. Now, I want to tell you about when I was returning to work for my second maternity leave. This example isn't just specific to the transition with a baby, but it is indicative of a time where there was a lot of stress and a lot of changes happening. This just happened to be one of them. Self-care wasn't really front and center for me. I was back to work. If you thrive in doing something and you aren't doing it for several months, then you can probably relate to the excitement that I was feeling of being back in the office and doing what I love. I was building my caseload back up and balancing the role of being professional psychologist and being a wife, a mother, a friend, and a daughter. I have to admit that I just went head first into all of these roles all at once. My days were booked back to back. And I would rush home to help with dinner. My husband is incredibly supportive, so I'm very lucky in that sense. But I would help prepare the kids in the morning. We'd get them off to daycare. I would prepare for bedtime. My daughter was still nursing. You get the idea. There were many demands, and I was being pulled in all directions. And at first, I thought, I've got this. I'm doing this. And I just kept going. Now, the challenge, though, is that although I was going and I was productive and I was doing well with making connections with clients and meeting my children's needs, I was actually meeting everybody's needs, but I wasn't looking after myself. I know this isn't an experience that I have had alone, and if you are sitting listening and thinking that you have often felt like you were the only one trying to balance it all, I want you to know that you are not. This is an issue that comes up repeatedly for me, but also for my friends and my colleagues and for the women who sit in my office. Now, can you relate to this story where you are going and you are keeping busy and you're trying to do all the things that matter? We like to be busy. And have you ever had that experience of talking to your friends and you've said, How's it going? And they reply, We're busy, we're so busy. We are a generation that likes to talk about being busy. We almost put a stamp or a seal of approval on it. We say, yes, we're busy, we're doing all these things. Insert the work activities, the children's activities, the side hustle, and this is a problem. Because being busy doesn't necessarily mean wellness, and it certainly doesn't necessarily mean living a meaningful life. And being busy also doesn't mean that we are looking after ourselves. Sometimes it means that we are barely surviving and we don't know what to do to make a change. And sometimes we even use this I'm busy response as a way to avoid talking about what's really going on for us. I want you to know that being busy should not be your stamp or seal of approval or your worth. So here I was post maternity leave doing what I love. I was busy and I was not looking after myself. How did I know this? Well, we know that stress shows up in many different ways. So stress can show up in emotional ways. So things like feeling depressed or feeling stressed or anxious. It can also show up in cognitive ways. So how we think about things. They can be the thoughts of what's the point, everything is awful. So having a very negative or skewed perspective or they could also show up in behavioral ways. So maybe um, stopping seeing friends, uh, going to the gym, slides on the wayside, eating more unhealthy food. Relational ways also happen so we can stop connecting, we feel short with other people, or we're angry and resentful towards other people. The other way that we know that we are stressed is through our physiological responses. And oftentimes it is my body that really tells me that I am exhausted or I am stressed or I am not looking after myself. In this time, I was tired. I felt short of breath some days. My body was giving me all of these messages to slow down, and I wasn't listening. If you saw my recent Instagram post, you would have read about my eye twitch. (laughs) This eye twitch is not new for me. It has shown up in times of high, high stress, before my wedding, um, before my dissertation defense. Yeah, my body knows how to scream at me and say, you need to stop. Now, I tend to view that the spaces or places that we are in in life for a specific reason. In this season, I was fortunate enough to be knocked on the head with a conversation with my dear friend and colleague, and it really shook me up about my own self-care. You see, as a psychologist, like other therapists, I will talk about self-care with all of my clients. I will ask them, You know, it seems like things are really difficult right now. What is going on in your life and what are you doing to nurture you? But I will be so honest with you, despite all of the training and work I do with my clients, there are times where I am not good at doing this and it is a real struggle. And it just happened again the other week. I was sick. I could have just made it through my day, but it took me hours to decide to cancel the day. When did it become so hard to prioritize ourselves, to nurture us? We all have so many reasons for this. So let's see if we can find one that fits with you because we know that if we can have insight into what leads us to something, then we can make a change. When I thought about doing this episode, I really wanted to go inside and say, what is it about self-care that is so hard, and how did it become ingrained this way? And I recall an experience during some of my training where I was sick with a really bad cold. I remember I went to work and I said to my supervisor, I'm not well, perhaps I need to take some time off. And their response was minimizing and stating that hospitals are full of germs and not to worry about spreading germs. This wasn't what I was worried about. I was worried about my health, but I did not advocate for me, and I just kept on working. There have been many times where I have done that because of something attached to needing to look after myself. I started to notice other periods where I became filled with shame and not admitting that I needed time for me. For example, most recently, I didn't tell my husband that I needed a day off to look after myself. There's this feeling that we should just be able to stay busy, always be busy, and to just keep going. This is not possible. So I want to ask you, what does it mean for you to look after yourself? Do you think it's selfish? Does it mean that you are weak? Or that you couldn't do it all and therefore you're not enough? I want you to know that all of that is not true. And what were the messages that you learned early on about looking after yourself? So what is self-care? I don't like using this word. I would like to propose that there is some other word that we can use talking about this issue. Perhaps by the end of this episode, I will come to some other word that I can encourage you to use for yourself. But the other idea that comes up for me is this idea of balance. When we try to balance the many roles that we play... I hear people talking a lot about balance and I wonder, do we ever really reach balance or do we just juggle with everything that is going on for us? So what is self-care? Self-care is this practice and intention to look after one's own health. That's an important piece. It's intentional. It is an active role in looking after your own well-being and it's even more important in times when you are stressed. Now, the idea of self-care often triggers people to think of bubble baths, spa days, taking a vacation, overnight stays in a hotel, breakfast in bed, the facial mask, and the bottle of champagne or wine. And sure, these things are all great to help recharge and rejuvenate, but they are not the only things in self-care, and they are not my go-tos or my recommendations when it comes to daily self-care. So the challenge with this view is that it is a skewed perception of what self-care is. And because this is skewed, I then hear my clients say, self-care is silly. Self-care is not something that should be forced or rigid. I like to think that as soon as we start to get rigid about something, that this is when we get into trouble. When we are flexible and fluid, this is when we thrive. So self-care is about having flexibility. It is not selfish and that's a really important piece. I wonder if you can relate to this example. How many times have you come home on a Friday night and think, oh good, it's Friday, and I'm gonna take some me time. So there you are, and you decide to turn on the TV, and you're lying in front of the TV, and then you grab your phone. I know I've done this before. I've made a decision to watch TV. That is what I wanted to do in that moment, but then I'm distracted somewhere else looking on my phone maybe following more cool people on Instagram. There are so many cool people. But I'm not unwinding. I'm on my phone. And what I'm doing is I'm numbing out. So here's a key piece. Self-care is not numbing out. Self-care, rather, is about tuning into yourself and listening to what you need in that moment because what we know is that our needs change moment to moment. So that example on a Friday night, if you're just going to numb out in front of the TV, do that, but don't then numb and scroll on Instagram or on social media. Before talking about how to do self-care, let's talk about what gets in the way. Oftentimes what happens with self-care is that we take on too much. So I want you to be honest with yourself right now. Are you trying to do it all? Ask yourself this, what are the reasons that you are taking on so much? Is it like I mentioned earlier where it's tied to your self-worth? In terms of my own experience recently, I was trying to do it all and I needed to step back. I needed to decide what can go and what can stay. You can't expect yourself to finish everything and to do everything. I want you to know that we tend to overestimate what we can do in a day, but we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. Another big barrier to self-care that comes up is the feeling of guilt. And I often hear this from the parents that I work with, and I I feel this too. Somehow we have this expectation that we should always be available for our children. And I am learning that it is not possible to always be available to my children. And the attachment research supports this as well. When looking at secure bonds between caregiver and baby, parents do not get all of their child's signals. Let me say that one more time. Secure attachment means that parents will not get all of their child's signals. It is okay if you can't pick up your baby in a moment because you need to use the bathroom, or you need to have a snack, and you can let your child know, I see you, I see you're upset, I know you need to be picked up, and I will pick you up in a moment, I need to do this first. So let me give you an example of how this looks for me. I can think of many times where I'm playing with both of my children, and it gets intense. Um, my son's playing with Batman and Batman has to do something or the dolls need something else, or, you know, they need more snacks. They need more milk. They need more water. And I have barely even sat down to eat something (laughs) on my own. I am constantly on. I know parents can relate to that. So self-care for me in those moments, on those days when I'm with my children, are just at times stepping away from the play and not being right in there and slowly stepping back and letting them continue to play. Self-care in that moment is me saying, I need a snack, I need a break, and I will be back to play with you in just a minute. So I take that step away and I breathe and I have a few moments to myself and I come back when I'm ready to play. I get the guilt. It's always going to be there, and maybe sometimes it's not going to be as loud, but what I want to be able to emphasize is that when you take that time for yourself, you can come back in and be a better player. Maybe even like a professional hockey player, as an example, a player is not on the ice the whole time. They are in there for 45 to 60 second sprints. They're in, and then they're out, and then they look after themselves for that quick moment, and then they're back in. And I wonder if parenthood could even be viewed that way because I know for myself, when I take that time to step out, I can come back in and be more centered and grounded and calm. And the piece here is that self-care doesn't need to be this big, massive thing. The other analogy I really like to use when it comes to self-care is the analogy of when you are on an airplane. They give you these safety instructions and they say, in case of emergency, the oxygen mask will come down and to put the oxygen mask on yourself before helping someone else. Now, why is it that they say that? They say this because if you put on someone else's oxygen mask first and you run out of your own oxygen, you can no longer help them. Oh my goodness, we were on an airplane recently and I have to say, When the flight attendant was going through this instruction, I looked over at my almost four-year-old, I was holding my 18-month-old, and I thought, I'm a mom, how can you ask me to do my mask first before theirs? But it's the perfect analogy that we have to look after ourselves. You need to put on your own mask first before you can help someone else. So are you taking on too much? Do you feel guilty about looking after yourself? And I wonder, do you maybe have a piece about caring for other people? Sometimes in our lives, we learn to become a doer or a caregiver. And we learn instead of just being with ourselves or being with others, just being, we learn that we must always do or we must always care. And when you're always caring for other people, there's not much left for yourself. Some other questions to consider is what is sacrificing yourself doing for you? What is the need that it's giving you? Is it giving you approval from other people or is it about perfectionism that somehow you have to be able to do everything and to do it perfectly? If you are somebody that tends to give out a lot of energy to other people, I would wonder what is it that you owe to those people and what is it costing you in terms of your own self-care? The conversation that I had with my girlfriend around self-care a few months back She had made a really great point that I think is so important when it comes to this topic. She asked, can you look after yourself if you don't value you? It was a really big piece that stood out in our conversation. You need to value yourself. Are you worth looking after? What is it that says you're not worth looking after? And can you tune into this narrative and start addressing this? All right, hopefully I have stimulated some thoughts around what is getting in the way of you looking after you. So I'm going to shift gears now and talk about what experts say in terms of self-care. So the first thing is you need to be able to find out what feels good for you and individually tailor it for you. So this is the idea that what works for your friend or a colleague or a parent doesn't necessarily work for you and that what also happens to work in one moment may not work for you in another moment. Earlier, I said the importance around self-care is learning to tune into yourself. So how do you do that? As you are listening, take a pause with me. Just take a pause right now and tune into your breath. And I want you to take a breath in through the nose for four and out through the nose for four. Let's try it again. So take a breath in through the nose, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four. And just notice what happens as you pause in that moment. Now, tuning into yourself doesn't need to be this big 30-minute thing. It can be as simple as five to 10 slow, deep breaths. And what you're doing in that moment is you're pausing and you're allowing yourself to just be present. Learning to listen to your body is really important in terms of learning to identify what you need. Your body is a house of information. It's where our emotions are stored, but early on we learn not to listen to our body. You can even think about that time where you said, oh, I feel really nervous about this and I don't want to do this, and maybe someone said, it's fine, just keep going. That's our society teaching you to not listen to your body. And instead, you need to retrain yourself to know that your body is a host of information. So tuning into your body might start to look like noticing the tightness in your chest or noticing the aching in your belly or for myself, the eye twitch. Listening to my body after returning to work was figuring out the best time to see clients. I decided to change my schedule slightly so that I could start walking home. My body needed movement. This was a way of giving myself self-care. It was giving me movement. It was giving me time to decompress. It was giving me solo time so that when I got home, I was able to show up for my family and to really be present for them. Now, I know so many people could do something on the commute home as a way to nurture themselves. So the experts would also say, start small. Self-care doesn't have to be large. It can be something about saying no. For example, maybe you go to a dinner party and everybody is having alcohol, but you've decided that you didn't really want to have that glass of wine. Self-care is being able to say, no, I'm okay with having a Perrier tonight. Also, stick to the basics. The basics might be something like preparing a meal or preparing food for the week or choosing when you are going to the gym and sticking to this. This doesn't need to be over the top in terms of self-care. It could be something like stretching, intentionally sitting and stretching for a moment. Or maybe it's even moving. Instead of sitting at your desk and plowing through the work that you're doing, try moving in your chair. And self-care could also even be about putting a limit on of going to bed early, of turning your phone off, of saying, I'm done doing that for the day. Sometimes self-care is even about saying yes to something. So if you'd like to take time to go have a tea with a friend, but it's 8 p.m. at night, you normally like to go to bed, but if the urge there is to connect with a friend and it would feel really good for you, then maybe it's about saying yes. Just like going to the gym and getting to the meeting or planning your dinner, you have to do something to help you get there, and self-care is just the same – It is a choice that you need to make and you might even need to schedule it in. So just like planning a dinner date, planning a meal, if you don't do it, time passes by and so does the absence of looking after yourself. So as we wrap up, if you still need some ideas for self-care, here are some specific ones. Try prioritizing yourself over other people. You might even learn to say no. Maybe you go back to episode number three and listen to Boundaries with Dr. Self. She's fantastic. You could even set a schedule and be specific and stick to it. So for example, recently I've been scheduling in morning gratitude. Instead of opening up my phone right away and checking my emails, I'm spending some time just breathing and appreciating where life is right now. Try taking some downtime. Or try outsourcing if you can assess your budget and see if there is some way for you to get support. Maybe this is a meal service, or maybe it's someone raking the leaves or shoveling the snow for you. Is there something you can put into place? Or try asking for help. Remember, we are meant to live in communities and villages, and reaching to someone for help is really important in looking after yourself. You could also try some mindfulness or some relaxation exercises, so things like deep breathing, taking that bath, maybe yoga, going for a gentle walk, or maybe you're connecting with others. Making sure that, like through this episode, you are identifying unhelpful thought patterns or you are using acceptance to cope with really hard thoughts and feelings. You might even find connecting to your values and to what you find meaningful is a great way to look after you. Okay, there's one more piece here. You need to take responsibility for you. You are the only one that can do this. And you need to accept that things are going to get difficult and self-care does go on the side, but being able to recognize that and picking it back up is really important. So take responsibility for your own self-care and accept that at times it goes off the charts. I hope you've been able to reflect a little bit about your own self-care and what it is that gets in the way. I hope that through this episode, you can see that you need to value yourself. And if there is one thing that I see working with all of my clients, talking to my colleagues and connecting with my friends and my partner, you are important and you need to value you. As I'm coming to the end, talking about self-care with you today, there is something that comes up for me in terms of how to phrase just what this is. And that is, there is an honesty with yourself and that you are being authentic with who you are. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Until next time, take care and have a good week. Remember, this podcast is strictly for informational purposes and does not substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional.